Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Trucking 101, surviving your first year with host Melissa Grimm. We'll talk about safety, managing your money, and real life out on the road. Our group has over 100 years of combined real-world driving experience. You've got questions, we've got answers. Now it's time for everyone's favorite DOT officer. 23 years in law enforcement, 7 years as a commercial transport officer. He was a CBSA instructor and has conducted thousands of roadside inspections. He now serves in the driver's side of our industry, Mr. Dale Howard. everybody, and thank you very much for tuning in. I am your host, Dale Howard, and tonight we are going to talk about the electronic log mandate coming up in December. Uh, I'll just preface this. I'm in the uh, sunny state of California on Highway 101 with the land of no truck stops, so if I disappear, my apologies. And anybody that's out on 101 or uh, going to be going up through... Uh, and across 80 and up 15 back into Canada. I'm in that orange Needham T680, the shiny one. And uh, give us a wave with all your fingers and maybe stop by me lunch. On that note, December the 17th, well, December the 18th, actually, I can assure everybody the sun will come back up, the earth isn't going to fall off its axis, and we're going to be trucking just business as usual the I uh, I haul produce, and I am currently running the big road and the uh, keep trucking program in the background just to uh, do some trials. And uh, I know this is absolute crazy talk, but it can be done. These logs is going to force us to just manage our time a lot better. And really, uh, the arguments and all, all the fighting that I've heard is e-logs are not the problem. It's the current hours of service regulation that's the problem. And on that note, there is a sliver of, of hope and a little bit of silver lining. There's talk that uh, once the industry is compliant, they will uh, allow us to stop the clock for two hours. And if that comes to fruition, I mean, that's huge. That will solve a lot of the problems that the uh, hours of service regulations have. Because it's that stupid 14-hour clock that you know, gets everybody into trouble. And I've heard the arguments that, uh, oh, geez, you know, we're, we have to drive aggressive and people are going to get killed. And you know what? I hate to say this, but, and excuse me, but if you're driving like an asshole on electronic logs, you were doing that on paper logs. 
was no excuse for bad behavior and aggressive driving. Again, I drive the fastest 58 miles an hour anybody has ever seen. And at the end of the day, I get all my pickups on, and I've never been late for a delivery yet. It just becomes, you know, time management. I know hauling produce that my commodity has to be picked, transported out of the field to a cooler, cooled, packaged, and then it's ready to load. So there's no point in me starting my day that I'm going to unload and start reloading at 7 o'clock in the morning, pawing in the dirt, waiting to get unloaded. Because I've just started my clock and I've screwed myself. So this morning I unloaded at 10 a.m., started my clock at 9 o'clock in the morning. So I've got oodles of time today. It's just, you know, guys and gals, we just have to learn to manage our time and and pre-plan our day. The regional guys and the short haul guys may, you know, have more challenges than than us in the long haul because, you know, once we're loaded, I've got three days of driving before I have to unload, so gosh, those are easy days. And again, I just plan out where I'm going to be, give take, around that 10-hour mark. And and there I know how to, uh, and then I know I'm going to have to, you know, find a place to park. So really it's just planning. And electronic logs or paper logs, you know what? When you were out of hours, you were out of hours. You know, paper, paper logs just allowed us to lie. And some people in the industry feel entitled that they're allowed to lie. And as we were talking about talking before we went on the air, I was not the smartest guy that ever put on a uniform. I'll tell you that right now. And when I retired, I retired undefeated in hours of service. Uh-oh, I believe we have lost Dale, are you still there? Uh, no, he dropped off. Okay, so did, we can talk about off? what. Yeah, he dropped off. He hopefully he'll call back in when he gets his signal back. Um, so we can talk about you know what are your thoughts on electronic logs, Ross? I I love the electronic log. Um, you know, I hey, I was like everybody else. At first, because let me tell you what, I wrote the book on cheating on electronic logs. Um, but um, once all the attorneys started getting involved, um, I realized that uh, I was highly allergic to prison. Okay, and, we got Dale back. You know, now, Hold that thought. Oh, got Dale back. Okay. Okay. Hey, Dale, you're back. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um yeah, you know, like Restus, he's, he's allergic to prison. And, you know, with the technology that's available to us today, with cell phone records, with highway cameras, um, you know, it's it's just too easy to find you. And you're very naive in thinking that if you're involved in a major incident, that some law firm isn't going to take a legal 
student, an Argentine student, and put them down in front of a computer, log on to the California Highways uh, transportation site, and wait until they find my truck, drive by one of their highway cams. Those are date and time stamped. And if they don't drive, you know, I've done all the work for it. So we just need to stop lying on the paper logs and and embrace this for better or worse. And again, somebody way smarter than me decided that this law was going to be in place. It's uh, it's not going to be the end of the world. It's there is going to be some growing pains. And now is the time to, uh, if you're not running electronic logs, because most of the major carriers are, but if you're driving for somebody that's not on e-logs, or you're on your own authority and you don't, you haven't gone e-logs yet, don't wait until December the 16th to decide on, on what system you're going to use. Because there's already back orders on the interface device that plugs into the ECM port, and we'll get into the meat and potatoes of that in a bit. But uh, download, there's there's tons of free apps out there. Right now, I'm running the big road of the keep trucking in the background. And uh, find out now what customers are going to be problem children. And really, for you, the driver, it's it's really not going to be an issue. I, I feel bad for uh, for my dispatcher because Orion is going to start pulling his hair out and may may have to uh, take drinking up again. But it's he's going to be the one that has the biggest challenge in juggling and making things work. But really, for me on the road, it's not going to affect me a lot because when I'm out of hours, I'm out of hours. Uh, yeah, that's, a, shippers that's are, the exact same way I am. Go ahead. Sure. Yeah, because, again, you know, I always stood on the right side of the bars, and it just made my skin crawl when I had to go inside those facilities. And, boy, that slamming gate behind me, I, I didn't like that very much. So I had a conversation with myself. I said, self, you're never going to do anything to get there. So I always stay on the right side of the bars. Yeah, Amen. it's. You know, whoever's doing your dispatching or if you're doing the load planning and you're you're on your own authority, you know, please download one of the free apps and start getting into the routine running compliant if you haven't been. And, you know, at the end of the day, the freight gets delivered. It, uh, it might not be on the schedule that you want, but at the end of the day, we're going to get it there. And realistically... Anything that arrives on its wheels is on time. For anybody that's listened to any of my winter shows, you know, just don't get excited. And, you know, customers, December the 18th, everybody is now running compliance. So I got the a unrealistic ex- sure, the unrealistic expectations that are being placed on us are going to slow down dramatically. And, and shame on us for allowing that to happen. But, yeah, go ahead, Russ. Okay, so um, you keep mentioning uh, the apps. Uh, now, are any of these apps going to be legal uh, at that time, or is it going to uh, from? Now, this is just what I understand. Isn't it going to have to be hardwired into the ECM of the truck? Great question. What what happens is uh, you subscribe to these apps, 
and uh, uh, big road I know is $25 a month and what that gives you is a uh, device that plugs into the data port on the truck and that communicates to your cell phone or your tablet whatever device you've got running the app via Bluetooth and that uh, that satisfies the regulation. So that would be compliant then. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. As long as uh, as long as there's, I think there's about five real hard fast rules. You know, it has to uh, it has to communicate with the ECM on the truck. It has to be able to uh, pick up uh, the truck moving five miles an hour, and that's the benchmark. Uh, anything less than five miles an hour, it's not going to capture unless your carrier has decided that three miles an hour is their benchmark. Uh, there's nothing stopping carriers from coming up with a tougher regulation. They just can't do less than what the rules say. And, and I get that question all the time. Well, the law says I don't have to do that. Well, you're right, but your carrier has a policy that says you will do that. So. Now you have to ask yourself, self, do I want to stay working here, or do I just want to bite my tongue and and put up with their little quirks? So uh, the rule is anything over five miles an hour as a device actually has to automatically kick you into driving. One of the unintended consequences of that, and one of the good things, is that's going to stop the Flying J 500. And we've all seen these guys driving around the truck stops in high range and grabbing gears. I'm not going to be able to do that after December the 17th because as soon as you bump up into that uh, five miles an hour, as soon as you touch five miles an hour, you're driving. One of the other requirements that uh, these devices have to do is if the uh, administrator, the backroom administrator, and, and I've heard this comment, well, I'm a one a one truck owner operator, and I'm going to be my own administrator, and I'm just going to and I don't have to change anything because I'll just go in and massage it and and make it look with whatever I like. No, that's not how that's going to play out. Uh, the regulation states that uh, any editing that's done has to stay for six months, and there has to be an explanation as to what was edited and uh, the changes that were made and why the changes were made. So if you've exceeded your hours, your 11 hours by, by an hour, so you've driven 12 hours, uh, the administrator can go back in there and uh, reset you to 11 hours, but that, 12, that extra hour of driving is still going to show up as a violation and then they have to enter in some remarks as to why you violated the hours and uh, what steps were taken that you're not going to violate the hours again. Uh, a good example of this is uh, you're on the freeway and there's been a horrible accident and you got nowhere to go, the road's closed. So you exceeded your time, you've driven to your safe haven, your first available opportunity to, to uh, get to a safe place to park and you did that 13 hours so the administrator would go in and say you know hey Dale Howard was on US 101 
mile marker 203. There was a tractor trailer sideways across the road. The road was closed for four hours. Uh, he exceeded the driving time by three hours to get to a safe haven. That actually uh, happened to me. Sure, you know, and that's all that's all allowed. But you know, again, don't think for a second an investigator isn't going to follow that up and make sure there was a, an accident on today's date at mile marker 203 on US 101. Oh yeah. So, well, it um, yeah, we had a, a a truck ran out of fuel in a construction zone, and they had both sides oh. of I-55 uh that were uh were moving uh on the southbound side they had northbound and southbound uh you know with jersey barriers between them so we were both sharing the same side of the freeway and a tr- truck ran out of fuel in there and we oh. sat there uh, i sat there for four hours you know yeah. and uh we yeah we had there was a truck parking area that was about 30 miles away and let me tell you what we filled that thing up in about 10 minutes Yep. Every truck and, and everybody was out afterwards. Yeah. You know, and that's, uh, you know, nothing, realistically, nothing is going to change on December the 18th. Because all the electronic uh, logging device is doing, is it, all it's doing is your paperwork. The hours of service haven't changed. So we don't have a problem with the devices. We have a problem with the hours of service. And, you know, on oh, logs, you know, you are out of hours. So the only way to correctly log that is exactly how you logged it. Yep. Whether you're on paper or you're on e-logs. So, yeah, it's, you know, I don't think it's, it's the big fear that, uh, you know, yes, there's going to be growing pains. Yes, people are going to be, be stuck. And, and the argument I hear all the time, well, I'm 20 minutes from home. You know what? The drive home, be in violation, you put it in the reverse column. You're not going to be 20 minutes from home every week. If you're 20 minutes from home every week, then you need to rethink. And you, you need to go back and, and redo your, your, uh, your operation. You know, that's... That's not going to happen very often, and and I've been caught. You know what? I'm an hour from home. I'm out of hours. I go to bed, and I go home tomorrow. I mean, I, I'm out of hours. If something happens, and I'll give you I'll give you a classic example. Uh, one of the huge chemical transportation companies was uh, one of their owner operators was uh, an hour and. 15 hours, 20 minutes from home. So he's going through Chicago and pulled the uh, pre-pass full transponder out of his windshield and was sitting at the toll booth paying cash so there was no pay for your help. And he uh, he was at uh, I think he was about 20 minutes over on his his hours. And a a drunk lady rear-ended the tanker and she killed herself. Well, the estate sued this carrier and sued the driver successfully because if you weren't there, she wouldn't have drove India. 
that's true, she would have driven into somebody else, but, you know, she hit you. So something as simple and as innocent as that, you know, it's all it takes. You know, it's just, it's just not worth it. We had the same, sim- uh, same similar si- we had the same similar situation happen here, uh, and I think the guy was on paper log at time. Um, they think he may, uh, that he made an actual fifteen minute mistake. I mean, his logs had been just beautiful, matched up, and what have you. Anyway, there was a fifteen minute mistake on his log, and he got rear ended. Um, it killed the people, and now that driver's in prison for it. Yep. And they honestly believe it was a mistake on the log. He didn't intentionally try to do it. But, I mean, they – and it wasn't that day. It was even – it was even a few days before that. You know, there's – sadly, we've allowed our lives to be run by lawyers. And, yeah, gosh, it, you know, ladies and gentlemen, there is a lawyer starved to death on every street corner. And just don't give them the ammunition that uh, – you know, that they need to make your life a living hell. I should jump in here, and I forgot to mention at the beginning of the show, anybody who's got any questions or anything, just push one, and uh, we would uh, love to get you on here, and I'll do the best to solve your problems. Um, one of the other nice features on the electronic logs is, uh, you know, doing the split, uh, you know, splitting up your drive time. Right now, the way the regulation is written, it's just convoluted that it's easier and most carriers say don't even don't even try to split your drive time up. Now, on electronic logs, the machine does all the calculations and everything for you. So you can uh, you know, if you have to uh, you have to split your time up to make a delivery or to make a pickup or get home, you know, you can do that and you know you're in compliance. So, you know, everything's not all doom and gloom with it. Another thing that I've found is uh, for the guys that really run hard, certainly don't think that I do, um, you gain probably an hour a week just because you... uh, you know, you're not dealing with those 15-minute increments. Oh, exactly. Well, that's what Becky and I figured out uh, when we were team running is, um, you know, uh, when these first came out, we thought that we were actually going to lose time. And then um, going minute by minute, we realized that, you know, we were actually – uh, more profitable with the uh, uh, ELD than we were on paper. I mean, now we could, you know, of course we weren't really bending the rules on the paper either, but um, going minute per minute was um, uh, actually better for us. Oh, absolutely, because it's, uh, you know, pre-trip inspection, for example, you know, it takes me, I can do a thorough pre-trip in nine minutes. Before I had to log 15. Now I log nine. Uh, fueling. You know, if you can fuel in eight minutes, you know, you don't have to log 15 minutes. When you check in at a cover, you know, it it takes you five, six minutes to uh, park the truck, walk in. Hi, pickup number 9472. 
Call me when you're ready. Here's my cell phone number. You fill out a little piece of paper, back out to the truck, off duty. You know, all of that adds up and all of that saves time. Right. Uh, Dale, we have a couple of people on the line that want to talk to you. Absolutely. Okay, first we have Colin in Texas. He has a comment on the Big Road um, app that you're talking about. All right. Hey, Colin, how are you? Hey, Colin, you're on the air. Yeah, I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Great, thanks. So one of the comments, it was kind of funny you were talking about this. Taking the new operator that's got a couple of trucks leased on to me. And we've been running big roads for three years. And he's been with me about, I don't know, six or nine months. And what I like to do is I like to bring the guys on and then pay it forward. So I help these guys get their own authority. I kind of teach them and then let them go out on their own, you know. And um, I asked him, I said, so are you going to be using Big Road? And he said, yeah, he said, that's what my two drivers are used to. And he said, in fact, one of them, their phone or whatever they were using to run Big Road went down the other day, and he was complaining because now he had to go back to paper log. <laughs> and, you know, and that, but that's what I found is, you know, Big Road does all the work for you, and you don't have to put up with messy lines. You don't have to put up with any of that kind of stuff. It's neat. It's clean. You don't even have to sign it because once you've signed it once, it's good for however many years you keep it, you know, and you just have to put, push the button. And so, I mean, we've had great success with it. Um, you know, I met the drivers, the owners there at Matt's and at the truck show down here in Dallas. And I think it's a great program for everybody. Well, yeah, and it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, for, for those of us that are, you know, and I'm as guilty as the next guy, you know, I'm lazy. It's, it's one less thing I don't have to do. I don't have to write anything out. It's right. I just, my phone, and boom, I'm driving. Touch my phone, I'm off duty. Um, but I wanted to... Actually, I've been, I've been speaking with Big Road, and uh, there's some changes coming up probably in the next month that are going to make it even easier and better for us um, as far as uh, you'll notice the pre-trip inspection form will change and uh, yeah they're just they're really going to make it more user friendly and I'm not sure if um, I'm trying to go off memory here but because I've had it for two or three years my, if I remember correctly, I don't actually have to plug into the ECM. I believe for like another two years or something. There's, was there some kind of exemption or something? If you've yeah. been running, yeah. If you run the uh, the uh, AOBR, like like the Big Road app without the uh, interface plugged in, then uh, you've got till 2019 to comply. Right. And see, that was one reason I did that. I mean, I first of all started it just because it was going to make life so much easier for me. I mean, I don't have to have a full-time log cop, which saves me a lot of money. But secondly, you know, my drivers, um, we don't have to worry about this. We've got two more years of 
um, being able to go in and, you know, they can edit it like a paper log. But one, another question that I had after listening to your comment was, if the driver edits the log because he messed up, does that remain for six months? Because I never go in and edit the logs. I mean, I have no reason to. Uh, under the new, you know, as of 2017, yeah, as soon as, uh, uh, as soon as the log is edited, that has to stay there for six months. And then you as the administrator will have to, uh, uh, add your two cents worth. Uh, for example, you know, if you've got a driver that's constantly editing his logs, but out come December the 17th, the violation is still going to be there. You know, he can edit it, but in the backroom copy, it's still going to be there. And you as the administrator uh, need to do your due diligence and every month or every two weeks run a violation report and uh, and then have to talk with your driver. You know, hey, this uh, whatever you're doing, we need to go back and make sure you doing that. Yeah, I'll have to uh I'll have to um talk with big roads about that. Now my other question is because we run the US and Canada and I haven't really yep. talked to my drivers about it, but when you go into Canada, does it automatically switch to Canadian hours of service? No. You have to go into uh and, and they're working on that. Uh you have to go into the settings and change it to the uh, Canadian, uh, you know, seven days, 70 hours, or 120 days, you know, uh, whatever system you're going to run on, seven days or the 120 days. But if you still want to, you can, there's nothing stopping you from uh, just leaving it, because I, uh, I just leave mine in the American system unless I, I need the hours. And right. uh, I, I just leave it on the 70-hour, eight-day setting. Right. Yeah, uh, no, I mean, that's, thing, that's what they're doing, I think, at the moment. Yeah, and you know what? If you need your hours, you know, to make a delivery, uh, you know, you can jump on the Canadian system and, and run that 13 hours. But, boy, does that ever mess you up when you come back into the U.S. because now all of a sudden, you know, you've got a big chunk of hours missing. Uh, one right. thing I can say to you is make sure your drivers – are aware that they're running an AOBR, and if law enforcement stops them, that's they can't tell them we're running an electronic log because it's not plugged into the uh, ECM, and you're not running a technically you're not running an electronic log, you're running the automatic onboard recorder. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Because one of the requirements. Uh, December the 17th, and they may as well get into the habit. Uh, the electronic logs, you have to be able to transmit them to the uh, officer, whether you email them or download them or, or however they decide that's going to happen. And with the AOBR, you don't have to do that yet. You don't, you don't meet that requirement. So uh, make sure that, uh, that they're all aware that they're running an AOBR and that's what you tell the officer, you know, when he wants to see your logs. Right. Yeah, because my guys, we all, they have printers in all the trucks. So 
you know, so, but, you know, we've had very little problem with that. I mean, once you pull it out, they're like, well, you're good to go, you know. I mean, that is one bonus. The other yeah. thing that I loved was probably 18 months ago, um, we had a an audit because we'd had a driver that, you know, was going from east to west, and he screwed up his logs and got busted and showed he was doing like 105 mile an hour or something. Because he forgot the time change, you know. (laughs) And a couple of stupid things running paper. And uh, when the lady came in, you know, she given ahead of time. She said, okay, well, these are the drivers. These are the days, blah, blah, blah. And we just went in and we had it all printed off. And um, then we, we used Fleet One for fuel cards. And everything matched within like 15 or 30 minutes. And she was in and out in 45 minutes. And I asked her, I said, how many of these do you do a week? And she said, I allow myself two DOT audits a week. Because she said, some people will just send me home, you know, with a box of logs and fuel receipts. And i got to figure it out. And so it's really nice and simple just to be able to give them those two printouts and get them in and out in a hurry and not have anything to worry about, you know. Oh, it's, uh, you know, I'm kind of jealous of enforcement today because, yeah, when I was on the job, when when I uh, swooped in to do an audit, yeah, I'd leave with boxes, you know, boxes of documents, and then I'd have to go into our boardroom, and I would have papers scattered from one of the room to the other. You know, oh, yeah. It it was just a nightmare, and, and now when I look at it, I uh, I was actually chastising one of our younger officers at, at Coffee a couple of weeks ago, saying, "Geez, you know, you young guys got it got it made because technology they do all the work for you. We actually had to go out and investigate stuff." Right. So I, I've turned into one of those dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. It's, uh, but it is. I mean, it's so it's so nice. You know, it would be nice if they would go back to the old of the service, though, because my thing was, back in the good days, you know, when I hit a big city at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I'd pull over, I'd go to sleep, and I'd get back up at 7, and I'd roll again. And yeah. I was good to go, and I didn't have to fight rush hour. And instead of taking three hours in rush hour, I could drive through there in 45 minutes, you know. You know, and, and that's... That- that 14-hour rule was just, you know, somebody, again, had really good intentions, but, you know, the unintended consequences, and that was one of them. Uh, and hopefully, and my my fingers are crossed, that uh, they're going to give us the flexibility once we're all running these things. And, and rumor has it that's, that's in the wind, to being able to go back to that, stop the clock for two hours, and... Uh, you know, now we've got 16 hours to play with, and realistically, if we can't get our work done in 16 hours, well, you're not going to get it done in 19 hours. Yeah, Dale, I've got another question for you. Well, thank you very much for uh, for tuning in, and appreciate that question. Yeah, I got another one for you. We got Tony in um, Georgia. He's got a question about using his GPS as an ELD. Hey, Tony, you're on the air. This is a good afternoon to you and your kids. I have 
was uh, hearing that some of the dedicated trucker GPSs will be allowed to be used as uh, as uh, ELDs, and I have the uh, Ram McNally 720 TND. Is that true? Yes. Uh, you know, there's there's literally hundreds, and and to this time they've actually done it right. Um, they uh, they've come out and all they've done is listed the technical requirements, and there's there's hundreds of devices that comply. And uh, yeah, uh, does yours plug into the? No, sir, it does not. No, sir, it does not. Okay. Okay, so then yours is going to be an AOBR. So okay. it does all the, it does all the functions. It's just not connected to the ECM, correct? Correct. Okay, so yeah, uh, yours falls under the AOBR, and you've got till 2019 to comply. Now, Rand McNally does have the device that that plugs into the uh, data port. And makes it, you know, a compliant, you know, electronic logging device. Uh, you know, it's your choice whether or not. But again, just like a caller, make sure you tell when you're running AOBR, not an EOBR. Okay, great. That's good information to know. Hey, thank you very much. Hey, no worries. And uh, how do you? Uh, I've never talked to anybody that's run one. Do uh, how do you like it? Uh, I mean, I love it. It was it was kind of pricey, you know. It was almost five hundred dollars, but I, but I love it, and it's tr- really training me to the uh, ways of, of the uh, electronic law system. Sure. Oh, that's great. Well, hey, good stuff. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's going to be compliant, and uh, the only thing you have to remember it's it's an AOPR, and you're good to go. With the uh, with the AOBRs, one of the downsides is you uh, you really have to remember to change your duty status. Um, that's I'm getting back into the habit of doing that because uh, we uh, we're currently running paper logs, so you know I have to physically you know touch the screen on my smartphone to change the. Uh, change my uh, duty status because what will happen is it will always default to the on duty not driving so if I'm just checking in at a shipper uh, I go into the on duty not driving I go in fill out my little piece of paper hand it to the guy yep it's a good order we'll phone you when you uh, when we've got a door you know now I have to go back out to the truck and I have to remember that I have to touch the screen and uh, put myself off duty or I'm just burning up hours. So those are uh, those are the little things and the growing pains that you know we're gonna we're gonna have to evolve with. And that's why I say you know best start running this stuff now and get into the habit uh, of doing it. And uh, and then when December the uh, 17th comes by, it's just gonna be it's just gonna be another day. Um, on that note, I know there's some people that are hanging their hat on the lawsuit that, you know, this is just never going to happen. You know, 
I would never say never, but the, the odds are the Supreme Court isn't going to uh, hear this because they've got bigger fish to fry. And I've read Elvira's brief uh, as much as I can find mine, and boy, their argument is a stretch at best. So, you know what? Hats off and, and good luck, but um, I would get ready for December the 17th, just in case. Yeah, uh, we've got uh, another question for you, Dale. Absolutely. Okay, we got John in Illinois. He's got a couple of questions for you. Hey, John, you're on the air. Hey, John. Hi. Uh, this is the first time. Thanks for tuning in, and thanks for listening. Yeah, and I, I like it. I like very, very informative. Just a little while I've been listening, right? but I do have a, I do have a, con- a question, or more of a concern. I mean, I know, I know. Several years ago, in Illinois, there was a truck driver that killed a state state trooper and a toll booth operator, and then that truck driver went to jail because he had way over hours, you know, unbelievable amount. But I, I heard the comment about the truck driver that got rear-ended. And it was about 15 minutes in air on his logs, and he went to jail. Uh, is there a yep. little bit more to that, or, or I mean, is that? Is well, he trying it, to, I mean, it, it really wasn't at fault. It was a rear end. Oh, but you know, had he been in compliance, it's, uh, he wouldn't have been there. You know, if he'd been complying with the regulations, he'd have been parked 15, 20 minutes ago. And uh, would have never had the accident. And that's where, her, uh, you know, is that very heavy handed? A- absolutely it is. And, you know, I'm sure the guy oh, yeah. feels horrible. Uh, you know, that's kind of feel sad because it's a very sad, you know, issue. I mean, it's a sad problem that happened to that driver. Yep. It just seems that, I mean, I understand we're, we're categorized as professional drivers, right? I understand that, yep. but what they refer to as these four-wheelers, they're nuts. Oh. And, you know, Absolutely. and the blame to me should have more relied on the person who was not paying attention, and how could you miss such a huge vehicle and rear-end it? You know what I mean? Well, and how do you miss it? Absolutely. You know, and, and it's, uh, hey, I've I've laid charges in my career that I wasn't happy laying, and I really felt felt bad for the guy, and, and I worked with his counsel as best I could. But, you know, whenever you look at the scales of justice, the, the lady that's holding up the scales of justice is blindfolded because justice is blind. And right, right or wrong, uh, um, you know, sometimes, sometimes if my hands were tied, and I didn't like the law, and you know I I didn't go out of my way to enforce that section of the law. But you know when push comes to shove, and if things happened, really I had no choice. The charge had to be laid, and and you know yeah. I, I, I agree a, with. You. It's just a it's just a sad situation. I mean I, I understand the drivers that. Yeah. Really ignore the law and running twenty, thirty hours over and and actually kill somebody because they ran into them because they got this tunnel vision and then they're sleeping and don't realize they're not. 
But then on the on the on what I just heard, you know, eh, oh, it's, sometimes it's, it's just it's, it's just sad. You know, it's just that it it truly is, know. and and you know, I don't recall when that happened. If that was close yeah. to the time that that trooper and that toll booth operator were killed, because you know, if there's a uh, you know, if there's a horrible accident and a big catastrophe that's fresh in a judge's mind. Uh, when somebody else comes up with a similar charge, boy, we all get painted with the same brush. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, just a, a, a few months ago here in Chicago, uh, the uh, Dan Ryan, a truck driver, got shot. Okay, and and uh, if, if I remember correctly, I believe he was killed. But what yep. was amazing about well, the story was that he was able to pull his truck over stop successfully without, you know, he could have wiped out several cars. I mean, he's killed maybe 10 people. And yep. it's a shame that, well, to me, it's just my personal opinion, but it was a shame that that driver didn't get more more recognition. You know, all you heard was that he died. And that was it. And you know what? Uh, I, I agree with you 100%. And, you know, this, this show... Is, is actually a start, and I can tell just from the our limited interaction, you're a driver that takes pride in what he does. And, you know, look at look at how we have to change our industry from within. Um, yeah. You know, it's up to us to mentor some of these drivers that are uh, that are doing stupid things, and and I've done yeah. that. You know, yeah. I, I, got yeah, I understand that. That's personal. You know, it's uh, sadly we've got a bad reputation with the public, with the motoring public, and and I really hate to uh, I hate to say it, but we kind of deserve it. Uh, I see it every yeah, day on the freeway. You know, people yeah, trying to bully I, I, people out of their way, and and yeah, gosh. No, I agree with you. I I, I totally agree with you. There are there are. I mean, it just takes a couple of bad apples to kind of ruin the whole bunch, right? So we do have a few bad apples. I have seen that. You're right. You know, drivers come rolling down at 70, 80 miles an hour and get up so close to the rear end of a smaller car and try to bully them, right? But, but you know, enough said. I, I, I like that. I just wanted to comment. It was sad. But my other question about the uh, electronic logs, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm running that uh, big road. Uh, okay. And uh, I'm, I'm leased onto a company and... and so I have a tablet, and I and it talks to the, uh, the device that's plugged into the, the data port uh, via Bluetooth, and um, it's uh, <laughs> I don't know if you noticed it, but sometimes it, it I don't know where the communication falls or where it fails, but you know I, I keep track of my my miles, you know, and sometimes the tablet and the device. There's no reason we'll lose 30 miles. And I voiced my concerns, you know, to the company I'm leased on to, and I'm like, hey, you know, why is that there? I, I it wasn't off. I didn't turn, I didn't turn it off. I'm running from here, you know, to way up in Wisconsin, and how, how is it 30 miles off? You know, wh- wh- where did it lose it? What did it do with it? My response from a safety was that. It happens sometimes. So my concern is, since you're using Big Road, is 
if I would ever get pulled over by a, a DOT inspector and they want to see my logs, do they get it from the device that's plugged in, or do they get it from the tablet? Or what they, are they going to uh, say when they see these with your miles missing? Well, they're uh, they're going to get it off the tablet, and uh, I know Big Road is working on that to uh, yeah, because you know stuff is getting lost in the translation, and this technology is evolving so fast. Uh, it's uh, yeah, I feel big. I, I feel bad for the big carriers that I bought. Uh, you know the, the hardwired systems because you know ten minutes after you hardwired the truck gets on so newer the newer and the better one is out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I, that's why but, I didn't uh, lease on uh, as an owner operator. I didn't lease onto the bigger carriers because one I was like, you're not going to drill a hole in my dash and hardwire that in there. Are you nuts? You know, because this stuff changes so fast. And uh, exactly. I agree with you, but I, I was just concerned about that, and I. Voiced it. Every time I see it missing, I send my note to our safety, and I'm like, "Hey, it happened again." You know, it worries me. Um, but you know, I just, it, uh, it, it, yeah. I mean, on on highway, uh, from from an enforcement standpoint, I'm going to take the tablet, and uh, and I'm just going to uh, you know look at it and, and uh, make sure that. You've got hours, and and you're not in violation. Um, the yeah, it doesn't it doesn't show a violation, but it just shows there's x number of miles missing. But it doesn't show a violation, and that's why I asked also. You know, they said I was running into time, and, and I ran also. Uh, was it X, XRT when I was with another carrier? It was same concept, but a user phone. But I just never saw it lose miles. You know, but. This big road. I mean, this big road is very nice. I mean, I, I like it. it. You're right. It saves a lot of time. You know, I, I I do remember when I was running the paper and 15 minutes. I'm like, but it didn't take me 15 minutes to do my preacher. Why am I losing seven minutes? You know, but that's didn't make you do. And you know, and you'd have to take your you know, it's 15 minutes here. And people, well, why? You know, like, but now with these electronic logs, I like it. There's, However long it takes you to do your pre-trip, you're done. I mean, you know, it, it, they would tell you, you remember on the paper, like, hey, 15 minutes you speak to it on the fueling, but I'm like, well, what if I go into a gas station and there's a line of truck drivers? It's going to take me more than 15 minutes. You know, you want me to explain it to you, but this big this big road, it's all there. It's in black and white. Yeah. It shows you there. Yeah. It. I like it. Very good. Well, and... Um, and uh, you know some of the uh, some of the brokers for guys that are running under their own authorities, they they now are requiring, you know, I want to see the last three days of log for whoever you're putting under that load, because I want to make sure that they've got the hours. Uh, you know, I want a snapshot or seven days or, uh, sure. you know, before you before they're going to book a load for you. So, really, yeah, it's not going to be the end of the world that we've we've made this up to be. And, you know, no, I, I I agree with you. It's not the end of the world, but I do also agree. I I, I would hope that they do increase the hours of service, maybe an hour. Yeah. Uh, no. You and, know, if, uh, they, if they would allow us to stop the clock for two hours, it would just make our lives so much easier. So so with that comment, with the stop the clock, are they? If if something like that does pass, so you're able to stop the clock and continue moving, or you stop the 
So how does that work? Well, if, uh, you know, for example, uh, for me in the produce business, when I, uh, when I show up at a produce shed and it's going to be five hours before I load, I'll be able to take two hours off in the sleeper, have a nap, and uh, stop the flock. So, uh, or, you know, you wind up, uh, you're going to be heading through Las Vegas. You know, it's it's Friday night, and uh, the traffic is just stupid. You know what? Why don't I just pull over and uh, I'll take a two-hour break and let the traffic die down and keep going. You know, that will be a huge benefit to us. Okay. And anyway, my my last question with this electronic logs, should I be keeping a paper copy? Or should I email myself, you know, the log once I've signed off on it and keep it? Or should I not you worry about that? Well, I would because, uh, you know, for tax purposes, you need to, uh, you know, you need to keep three years of records. Okay. All right. So I would, you know, I would do that. Okay. I'll start, I'll start doing that. Hey, great questions. Thank you very much for, uh, for listening and any time. Okay, Dale, we do have another question. It's not about e-logs, but um, obviously anytime you're on, people want to ask you compliance questions. Uh, Mark in New Mexico has a question about registering his vehicle, his uh, CM commercial vehicle. Go ahead, Mark. You're on the air. Hey, Mark. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for taking my, hey, thanks for taking my call. I am uh, getting ready to be a brand-new owner-operator. And uh, thank you very much. Um, And I'm right in the middle of the process doing the paperwork and everything. And they asked me about registration of the vehicle. Now, I'm going to be leasing on to a big carrier. And they supply plates and permits and all that. Do I need – I mean – it's being registered. They're registering the vehicle. Is that, am I correct in that assumption? Yes. So what state I live in has no bearing if they're registering it in, you know, the state that they register all their trucks in, correct? Correct. Okay. So I just keep getting different information from different people, and I'm kind of like, man, they, you know, they do this all the time. You would think they would have the answers to these type of questions, but yeah, um, well, and it, you know, the only uh, uh, you live in New Mexico, correct? Yeah, it, it just could be a tax, you know, ramification for you, good or bad. But uh, well, yeah, and that's, whoever, that's another. Another issue that I have, New Mexico has what's known as a gross receipts tax. Yep. And I've already I've been told by other people if if they don't know the answer to the question, but if New Mexico wants to charge me gross receipts, which amounts to seven cents for every dollar you take in, not your net, but your gross, you know, I'm definitely gonna establish a residency in another state to get around that, but um, 
seven cents for every dollar seems a little bit ludicrous, but um, it, I, I know I'm trying to get my 22.90 out of this, and uh, I guess I guess I'll just have to call the company and ask them what specifically. Yeah, get a hold of their licensing department, and uh, yeah, they'll, they'll they'll have the answer. I have... just was a little confused, and it was late at night. Obviously, they're not open, and I heard you on the show, and I'm sure. like, hey, I'll call and ask. Yep. And... Yeah, but uh, yeah, for example, if you were going to lease to Landstar, well then, yeah, they do all the licensing, and, and your base place, I think, is out of Illinois. Yeah, Landstar might be in my future. I'm kind of taking baby steps and staying where I'm at for now and then baby step up to a different system with Landstar. I've had my eye on them for a while, but I'm not well, going to jump in and, head. No, and, and congratulations for uh, for stepping out of out of the comfort zone and, and becoming an owner-operator. And, uh, you know, you're uh, obviously you listen to Kevin, so you're uh, – you're well on your way for success and it's uh yeah yeah. i've gotten uh you know what if it wasn't for his show and shows like yours and the guest host and whatnot i wouldn't be where i am now i i would still just be in my comfort zone and they kind of gave me the courage to you know take it to the next level and try to make a, a little bit better living for myself oh good stuff well you'll uh You'll enjoy the ride. And okay. Uh, we're we're down to the last two minutes of the show. Um, I'm pretty sure this didn't come up. I did have to jump into the screening room a few times. But I, I was wondering if you would like to explain uh, personal conveyance, because that always seems to be a point of confusion with a lot of people. So if you could explain that sure. for everybody so they know how to handle it. Sure. Uh, personal conveyance uh, is uh, the vehicle has to be unladen, so you can't have trailer, and you can't reposition equipment. For example, you can't uh, you can't stop your day in uh, Ontario, California, and then drive up to Sacramento on personal miles, and then grab a load in Sacramento and carry on. Uh, if you run under personal conveyance, you'll bobtail up to Sacramento, do whatever you got to do, and then you go back to wherever you started your personal conveyance and uh, and uh, start your trip. In Canada, we've actually taken that one step further and we only allow 75 kilometers, which is roughly 45 miles, of personal conveyance per day uh, in the U.S., you know, if you want to, uh, if you're in uh, L.A. and you want to take a week off and bounce up to Vegas, you're more than happy to uh, bounce, bobtail up and, and go to Vegas, but you must return to L.A. to where you uh, stopped the trip and started your personal conveyance so you're not repositioning equipment. Does that help? Is that clear as mud? Yeah, 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 that's great. I I actually have a great example for that. Uh, We used to live in Phoenix, and we had a dedicated run that went to Blythe, California. It's about a two-hour drive between Phoenix and Blythe, California. We would drop our trailer in Blythe, and we wouldn't pick up for another three days. We would bobtail back to Phoenix on personal time, do our home time, and then bobtail back. 
all on personal time. Personal. Yeah, it's uh, it's great, and uh, so far they're not, uh, you know, they're not looking at uh, playing with that, and they're going to leave it alone. Uh, there will be a, there will be a line on the uh, on the device that uh, allows you to uh, go into uh, I think they call it special driving provisions, and that will uh, that will allow you to remain off duty while you're doing your personal uh, personal miles. Now that cannot extend the 14-hour rule either, from what I understand. Am I, so, am I correct on that? You are, because it's you know that's one of those. Fifty shades of gray, but yeah, you still have to comply with the fourteen-hour rule, even though you're in personal conveyance. All right. Well, unless you guys have anything else, we've gotten to the end of the show. Well, I'd just like to thank everybody for uh, tuning in, and uh, just remind everybody: uh, normally, I run Interstate 15, and it's the uh, great big orange, shiny, Needham T680. So uh, give me a shout, and uh, yeah, buy me lunch, buy me dinner, buy me breakfast. I'm always up for freebie. And if you've got <laughs> any questions at all, uh, I'm on Facebook. Uh, you can uh, get a hold of me through Let's Truck, and uh, I'm more than you know. Reach out through uh, Melissa. I'm more than happy to uh, help out whenever I can. So thanks for tuning in, and uh, be safe and be compliant. That's all, all I right. got. Thank you very much, Dale. Thanks, Dale. Okay. Um, that is the end of our monthly compliance show with Dale Harrow. It's always a treat to have him on. Um, let me write, remind everybody about the other podcasts that are on the channel. Sunday nights at 9 p.m. is Rolling Toe with Mike and Kevin Beckett. And Tuesday nights at 7 p.m., Trucking with Authority, host, hosted by Kenny Long. Right and Lanes with Rico Muhammad Wednesdays at 7 p.m. And Destination Health Wednesday at 1 p.m. with Kevin Rutherford and Kim Cockerham. And I want to sign off with a quote from our favorite author, do what you do enough to become excellent at it. Otherwise, you don't. Larry Wingett. Thanks, everybody. See you next week.